Even if you don't follow cyber attacks closely, by now you've likely heard about the SolarWinds attack. We take a closer look at that next. This is the Cyber 24 podcast presented by Valcom. Welcome to the Cyber24 Podcast, the weekly podcast dedicated to helping business and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions for your organization. We also look at interesting cybersecurity stories in the news and help make sense of them and see what lessons you can take from the cybersecurity incidents experienced by other organizations. My name is Marty Carpenter. I work in strategic communication, public affairs, and general problem solving. I'm joined today by our panel of cybersecurity experts. I'm joined today by our panel of cybersecurity experts, Dan Schuyler from Valcom and Paul Whittier from AdLumen. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Marty. Great to be back. Thank you for having me. Always good to have you here. Paul, you doing all right? Doing good. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, you know, our topic this week is solar winds, And I wouldn't say there's any like late breaking news about this. It's uh, something that's been out there in the news for a while. And I think for folks who work in cybersecurity, you guys know a lot about the solar winds attack. But for people who don't live and breathe cybersecurity all the time, our audience of business leaders and elected officials I, who are just trying to like wrap their head around cybersecurity and understand it a little bit better uh, and not be so intimidated by the topic, I think we may be getting to the point where they've heard that enough that they think, as as a lot of people would, what is that? <laughs> you know, I'm hearing a lot about it. I should know more about it. Maybe it's something I should pay a little bit of attention to. So I thought we'd just jump in today and have a nice little refresher on what Solar Winds is and see what kind of lessons a business could take from it. So even though it's not something that's in the news freshly, it is something that's still in the news. And I think, you know, if you happen to hop on Apple News or Google News and did a search, you'd find a lot of people still talking about what are some things you could learn from this. So let's jump right in uh, with that. And I guess we'll start with our quiz question, our definition question right off the beginning. And I think it's Dan's turn to take this one. So, <laughs> hey, Dan, what is solar winds and why should I care? Well, let's start with just the first one. What is solar winds? What's the solar winds attack? So SolarWinds is a technology a vendor, vendor, and the attack uh, happened with their Orion platform. So let's be specific because we, we, we want to make sure we get the details right on behalf of SolarWinds. <laughs> um, so the Orion platform is a network monitoring and bandwidth tool that um, enterprise organizations, including many federal government agencies, use and have used for quite a while. Again, it manages it manages uh, the network activity, the bandwidth. Uh, it looks for faults on your network, and it's a very popular large enterprise tool um, that happened to get compromised and had been compromised for quite a while. Um, and as a result of that compromise, many of those networks that the Orion platform was installed on were also compromised uh, as well. Yeah, we've seen these type of attacks before. Um, you know, CC Cleaner was one, but you know, really, the—I I won't say the brilliantness of the attack, but the—the the reason why the, this type of attack so successful is because they attacked the update to Orion, and most people are going to accept those packets coming into their network. They're going to say that SolarWinds Orion was a trusted source. So when that comes in and does an update, it's a trusted piece of software. It's whitelisted. It's approved. 
And then once that comes into the network, it's able to do what it did maliciously because it was a, it was basically on the approved list. It's like going to the club and they're like, yep, you're good, but it's not really you. It's somebody else who just has your ID. <laughs> That's kind of what happened in the software world, right? It, someone snuck something dirty inside the update. I, I like that analogy other than the fact that when you say that and I look on our Zoom where we're recording this, I don't think I could pick three guys who look less like they've been trying to get in the club and been on the list <laughs> than the three of oh, us. Oh, you're saying we're not on the list? Yeah, I, I mean, maybe you've tried to go. I don't we don't I does not we also don't strike me as a group that goes to the club a lot, but uh even if we did, I, I don't know that any of us are looking like on the list guys. If any two of the, the three of us are, I'm sure it's the two of you. I'll give you at least that much. How's that? Is this like the hair? club for men or yeah, man, that, club for that men. might be that would be the club that i'm on the list for that one uh, well, I, i'm a, i'm on the before list is the way i would look at that one so um okay so i why was this one in particular such a big deal why, why does solar winds kind of get signaled singled out as hey this is such such a big is it a, the scope of the overall uh problem that was caused it's who they hit so many big companies so many government agencies so many important business, I mean, the, the, the type of customer that they attacked, enterprise, is just, it, it, you know, the, this scares the pants out of every organization out there that, you know, they've got someone hiding out in their network doing, you know, malicious things without them knowing for a long period of time. That's horrifying to any company. It was both, you know, SolarWinds, to Paul's point, is used by Fortune 500 companies, um, the federal government. Um, other state agency, state government agencies, and the attackers were in these networks for quite a long time, you know, gathering information, et cetera, et cetera. So because SolarWinds is such a prevalent technology across both the commercial space and the government space, that's what makes this attack so devastating. Um, and it was at the network layer where all of your, your, data and traffic is flowing. So it's not on just one server, it's, it's monitoring your entire network and they're able to see that entire network traffic and grab any of that data. So that, that's another reason why it was so devastating. It wasn't just isolated to a specific area of the corporate, corporate entity or the government entity, it was on their entire network. It doesn't necessarily sound like we've reached the point then where you could say we've been able to uh, sort of unravel the whole thing or untie the knot. Like, is, uh, do we have a full appreciation for just how big the attack was or do we just sort of understand it in the principle of, wow, lots of big companies use this and so it, it could extend really far? Uh, or do we at this point feel like, okay, we know exactly who got, who got impacted by this or is there still so much that's unknown? It, it depends what tools the company was using and what kind of forensics they have to be able to identify. Um, we were actually on um, a comp I was talking to a, a, a Hollywood studio about the Sony attack today. You know, a lot of these attacks that happen when data stolen or, you know, even the NSA back when Snowden stole a bunch of stuff, government still doesn't know everything that was taken. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. What kind of tools do they have that are doing the monitoring of their network? Um, I'll, I'll be able to share more of that as we go through this show, because that really is where Edlumen shines. Um, you know, SolarWinds does, is a SIM. 
and AdLumen is a sim, but they're quite different in what they do from a technology standpoint. And as I mentioned before, you know, the hackers are not going to go into a network and uh, shoot off fireworks and raise flags and say, hey, we're here. They're going to be very clandestine, very dormant um, and collect data and analyze the network, uh, get the lay of the land, if you will. Um, a good hacker um, never gets caught. And uh, yep. clearly, we will never know the total uh, ramifications of this attack because we don't know uh, how widespread it is. Many organizations are not probably not going to admit to the attack. Uh, they're not going to admit to the type of data that could have been compromised. We don't know how long the hackers were in these networks, whether they were commercial government, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this is a this is a big attack, and I don't think we'll ever know the 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 scope of this attack, other than um, it was pretty significant. And while we will, while some details will percolate to the top over the next, you know, three to six months and and onward, to your point, we I don't think we'll ever know the true scope of this attack. Yep. When I worked at SonicWall, um, the CEO was Matt Medeiros, and he would constantly say, "What's the best attacker? What you know? What's the best hack?" He goes, "It's the one that you never heard about, and no one ever got caught." And the with the Orion attack, it's evident that they they had their way for far too long inside all of these networks. That that's the shame of all of it. Is what were they doing? to monitor what was happening inside those networks um, because there are tools out there that could have monitored. Yeah, Paul makes a, a great point about that. Yes, the the attack was not necessarily the fault of the customer of the SolarWinds product, but Paul makes a great point. There are tools out there that could have monitored the network and alerted uh, these companies to the attack. And so that's that is something that these companies could have installed to help mitigate the attack or to at least alert them that, hey, there's some suspicious activity going on and we need to remediate that as, as quickly as possible. Time to take a break, but first a reminder that Cyber24 is presented each week by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35 plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desktop to data center. Back with more on the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom right after this. Don't you wish your kid's soccer team could have 12 goalies instead of one? Blocking malware, exploits, and ransomware is just like blocking a soccer ball. Sophos's Intercept X employs a comprehensive defense in-depth approach to endpoint protection rather than simply relying on one primary security technique. It's 12 goalies instead of one. Ranked number one in malware protection, exploit protection, security effectiveness, and total cost of ownership, Valcom and Intercept X will protect your most vital information. So get some more goalies. Visit vlcmtech.com slash intercept dash X. That's vlcmtech.com slash intercept dash X. 
Listen, IT leaders, I know how hard it is to manage your security posture. With dozens of different security technologies that vary in process, application, and response, wouldn't it be nice if you had security baked right into your actual server hardware? HPE's Gen 10 servers offer exactly that. As Utah's biggest HPE Platinum partner, Valcom believes that your server infrastructure should be a priority in your defensive strategy. Protect your organization with innovations in firmware protection, malware detection, and firmware recovery, right down to the silicone. Learn more and check out Valcom's on-demand webinar with HPE at vlcm.com slash server security. That's vlcm.com slash server security. Welcome back. We continue our discussion with our cybersecurity experts, Dan Schuyler from Valcom and Paul Whittier from Adlumen. Paul, in that last segment, you had mentioned that there was some, um, I made the note, tech to detect, uh, that there were some <laughs> like things it. that could have helped with this. So uh, you wanted to expand on that a little bit better, and I'd love to just give you the floor to do that. Yeah, I think I've mentioned Tim Evans before on the call. He's one of the founders of Adlumen, but he was the commander of a hacking squadron. And you know, they went out and they did hacks against other networks uh, all over the globe, right? The government needed something to be done from a hacking perspective. His squad would go out and do it. But there were things that they did to be able to get into those networks that you should, we should all be worried about. Now, there are new technologies that would have made his job extremely difficult. And whether you buy it from Illumin or anybody, the term is called UEBA, user entity behavior analytics. And we use AI and UEBA together. And basically, if you think about it, every user has a pattern of behavior. You know, Marty, you probably open up Outlook every day in Chrome and certain applications that you run. Oh, for two. Log oh, for two. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. <laughs> but, but, but different versions, yes. But oh, for two on the specific. You may have a VPN that you like to log in to get to your sports. You may have certain applications, you know, Word. But, you know, you don't probably, you know, log in at certain times of the day, certain places. You do certain things on the network. What UEBA does is it lays down that pattern of expected behavior and then if you do something really different, it will alert the system and cause you know, an alert. Same thing with servers. Servers typically do the same things, access the same things. And so what UEBA does is it looks for an anomaly in the behavior that is expected and will alert an administrator of something like that. In the event of the SolarWinds attack, had they been using modern UEBA, where they're looking for you know, things that are happening from escalating privileges, um, doing things across the network. Um, believe you me, they were snooping all over those networks. They were doing all sorts of things that would have thrown off a UEBA uh, alarms all over the place. So, you know, UEBA is kind of a newer technology, but it is one that I think is going to be one of the most important technologies that we deliver. Uh, in fact, Dan was actually talking about a customer that got ransomware where the attacker went in and turned off the protection systems. And then the hacker goes in and starts to do whatever they want because the systems are off. In the case of UEBA or, you know, a lost credential attack, these are becoming more common where the attacker will get in and start to be able to do things in the network. UEBA detects those anomalies and can prevent um, further damage. No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, 
the technology has been maturing over the years and has gotten more sophisticated. Um, and depending on your needs as an organization, it's definitely a technology you should look at, especially when I trying to identify anomalous behavior that just falls outside the norm that most um, non-next generation technologies can't catch. Uh, UEBA technologies are definitely um, a, a solution you should you should look at it if you if your organization has sensitive data, confidential data, or a lot of compliance requirements. Uh, it's definitely a technology to consider. So, final thoughts on this solar wind stuff. You know, it's it's such a, a big thing. I'm wondering if you're a business owner with like a medium sized business or even a small business, what lessons can you take from this? What can you apply or learn? from someone who's had to learn it the hard way from other businesses that had to go through this, any, anything you could extrapolate from that to give as counsel to uh, a business that may fit that category. Um, Dan, let's start with you and then we'll go to Paul. Well, you know, we can circle back and look at this, this attack uh, affected hundreds, if not thousands of uh, commercial organizations and government entities. And so it was a very sophisticated attack Clearly, there are technologies out there that organizations can consider, UEBA being one. Um, there are deception technologies as well, which we could talk about on another podcast that organizations could consider. But just having a good, uh, good uh, insight and telemetry in your network is going to be helpful to be able to identify any suspicious network activity that isn't normal and could be a result of a malicious actor. Uh, and so if you are an organization that has sensitive data, confidential data that you really need to protect, then there are technologies out there that you should look at and consider um, to prevent this type of attack. But again, very sophisticated attack affected a lot of organizations, but uh, there are technologies out there that could help prevent this attack of, in the future. Paul, final word to you on this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we've, I've been in, as far as I've been in cybersecurity for a long time, these new type of attacks are basically designed to bypass security tools. Or, you know, you look at Tim's response, you know, from, he, he there's a hacking commanding squadron, he never used malware. Like, he'll, he'll tell you he never used it. They wanted to get into the system legitimately, act as a legitimate user, and then use the system against itself or against you. It's important to be able to put some tools in place that monitor the anomalous behavior. I, I, I think it's one of the coolest technologies out there to be able to prevent these type of attacks. Even some of the large enterprises, you know, they've got big sims like Splunk. Um, you know, and Splunk does have a UEBA product that's called Caspita, um, but it's a separate cost. It's, you know, it's a black box. It's very difficult and expensive to implement. So even if customers have some of these sims that have UEBA, they're not necessarily implementing them and it's not well, uh, you know, broad spread across the, the environments out there. UEBA would definitely be an important piece to look at. Yeah, this dovetails a little bit off of what Paul said that the hackers really have the advantage because they are aware of all the tools that are out there and they can exploit the, the weaknesses of those tools. And so it is, it, it can be difficult, especially when these attacks are very sophisticated to not only identify them, but stop them. But the you know, UEBA technologies, the deception technologies are getting much more sophisticated and are making these attacks harder. 
Uh, great stuff. Great insight, guys. I appreciate you sharing uh, with us as always each week. Uh, we got just a few minutes left in the episode today, so let's wrap up with everybody's favorite segment. What's cool this week? And uh, I'm trying to think, where did we start last time? I think we started with Paul last week. So let's uh, let's go to Dan first, and I'll ask you, Dan, what's cool this week? Uh, Apple's having their March event this month. Uh, I'm looking for the date. Um, well, it is this month, and they're going to be announcing some cool new products that we don't know. There might be some that are going to be a surprise, but uh, they will be announcing some new iPads with um, better displays. And so I'm looking forward to that because I'm just really uh, um, the, the technology that are built into these tablets is just amazing. And what you can do with the tablets now versus a laptop is pretty, uh, pretty significant. So um, it'll be interesting to see the new iPads that get released this month. I always like the Apple events because that's when I find out what I'm going to spend my money on, right? They just, <laughs> it's always nice when they'll let me know where my money is about to go. Uh, very cool. I look forward to that as well. Uh, Paul, uh, what's cool this week with you? Well, you know, it's it's been a year since we've been in this whole COVID thing and almost a year and uh, two weeks ago, I got back from Costa Rica. Uh, Costa Rica is sounding really great right now. And the prospects of having all the new vaccines, you know, hitting the shelves. I just hope we can get over this. It's been a tough year, um, I think, for all of us. And the, the prospect and hope that we could go on a cruise again or go to a, a foreign country and, and do some travel or even stop wearing masks in our own country and own communities it's just, it would just be such a great thing <laughs> to have this thing end. I don't know about everybody else, but a year into this, we've been dealing with this for a long time and it'd yeah. be great to have it end. Well, we're recording this today. Uh, we're recording this episode on March 2nd. Uh, you're hearing this at best probably about a week after that. But the news uh, that I saw earlier today was that the governor of Texas, uh, Governor Abbott, officially declared Texas open from the pandemic and it's a mask optional zone now. So uh, I guess that's a sign that we're heading in the right direction. If one state is ready to do it, it is Texas and Texas likes to do its own thing all the time. So to our viewers, our listeners in Texas, uh, you know, heaven bless you, you do things your own way. But uh, you know, everything even here in Utah, the governor has said, hey, by the 4th of July, we anticipate being in celebrations together, mask-free and in large groups again. And uh, really the numbers would show us that we're heading toward it probably, you know, toward the end of April. So everything heading in the right direction. And I think collectively we've all been through enough with this uh, where we're just crossing our fingers and holding our breath and saying, just come on, this has got to be the light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm, I'm totally with you on that one as well. Uh, I'll, I'll throw this in for my what's cool uh, this week. I, um, I've been working with some uh, different clients on some video editing projects. And it's still just amazing to me that, uh, that in our economy, the way it's set up where everyone can kind of do the thing that they're specialized at and at a low cost, deliver a good to you, uh, for something you need, uh, is, is just amazing. And I find it most remarkable. I, um, I know how to edit video. I am not a graphic maker, I don't make all the cool graphics and transitions and such, but you can go buy them and people build whole packages that you can just download and drop into your video editor. And it's like 35 to 50 bucks and you get this whole new look for any video that you're putting together. And uh, it's it's sort of a tech thing because
because it's done on a computer and I, I like video editing. And uh, frankly, it's just cool to me that the one thing that I can't do and can't make look super cool, somebody else can not only do it and will do it, uh, but they do it and then sell it at a cost where it doesn't break the bank to go and uh, make your projects look that much better. So, hey, it's made my life easier in the last month or so. And so to me, that's something that's pretty darn cool. As we wrap up for this episode, I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at vlcm.com to learn more about Valcom's end-to-end solutions, the technology vendors they partner with, and so much more. That's vlcm.com. I also want to thank our supporting partners, the Utah Department of Technology Services, the Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute at the University of Utah, our friends at Secuvant, as well as the Utah Attorney General's Office and the Utah Department of Public Safety. A reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can follow us on Facebook. Hit us up in either place. Let us know what you think or if you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, everyone, and stay safe online.